Hello and welcome back to Burning Questions. My name is Bali and today guys I have an amazing guest, um, Tony Leon, who is a former leader of the DA. Um, Tony, hi and welcome to Burning Questions. Thanks very much Mbali, nice to be with you. Um, I think maybe do you mind giving us a background of where exactly you are for those people who do not know you? Well, a number of things. I'm currently the chairman of a company called Resolve Communications. I've published uh, and authored five books, the latest of which came out this year, Future Tense, Reflections on My Troubled Land. Every home should have one, I always say. Okay. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a columnist for various newspapers in South Africa, the Sunday Times, Business Times, Sunday Times Daily. I do a lot mm -hmm. of consulting work here and overseas. And... Okay. Um, as you mentioned, for 13 years, I was leader of the Democratic Alliance and before that, the Democratic Party. I was a mm -hmm. member of parliament in South Africa for 20 years until 2009. And I was okay. involved uh, in the negotiations uh, for the South African Constitution at Kempton Park and afterwards in the Constitutional Assembly in Parliament. Mm, and I'm an attorney. I'm an attorney. Oh, okay, it doesn't end there. All righty. That was so mouthful. Tony, again, thank you so much for joining us on, on this thank episode. All righty. Um, guys, let's get into it. So today's question, Tony, is what makes a good cabinet minister? So it's qualified versus competent. What exactly? Let's start with, is there a difference between qualified and competent? Well, I think highly qualified people can sometimes be spectacularly incompetent in the execution okay. of their duties, because there is sometimes a disconnect between high intellect and objective qualification and what you might call temperament and ab ability to execute. So I'm not sure they're always the same thing, that one is not the predictor of the other. Generally, you want to have well-qualified people who are competent. That, in an ideal world or country, is what you strive for. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Um, so now maybe because since you've mentioned that you've been in, in um, Parliament for so many years, what 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 makes a good um, cabinet minister? Well, I watched many of them, both uh, at mm -hmm. the tail end of the old South Africa and for the first 15 years of our democratic South Africa. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think a number of things. First of all, obviously, to have very good subject knowledge, you've got to really know your brief. There are a lot of cabinet ministers... Okay here who busk and who seem spectacularly ill-prepared, which really is inexcusable. I mean, they're mm. highly paid. They have a lot of advisors and staff. So a poorly briefed or prepared cabinet minister, which unfortunately sometimes happens, is a no-go. But there are several mm -hmm. of them. The second okay. thing, obviously, is to have not just subject knowledge, but I, I would say a broad intelligence or intellect. So you can actually analyze a problem you can sift mm -hmm. through a lot of competing claims. I mean, if, okay. if, if you're in any kind of portfolio, not least from your own officials, you're going to get a, a lot of different views. And very often, if you don't have the perspicacity or the skill, you can't understand that what's put in front of you, either by mm -hmm. a lobbyist or more materially by one of your officials, is not the universe of possible options or choices, but only mm -hmm. the circumscribed few that the official or the agenda-driven person puts in front of you. And if you yeah. frankly don't have the background or the skill or the intelligence to discern that, you're on a hiding to nothing. The third uh, requirement, I think, is mm -hmm. a degree of not just integrity, unfortunately often lacking in our country, uh, that yes. you have a basic honesty, which shouldn't even have to be mentioned, but unfortunately we do mm -hmm. have 
and that you're not able to be bribed or paid off or compromised. But fundamentally, that you are able to look at a problem and analyze what the outcome is going to be. In other words, it's no good just adopting some flash-in-the-pan, modish kind Mm. of thing that looks quite attractive or bling, as we say. But to actually think through the consequence, what's this going to be like in five years' time? Is there Mm. a capacity for us to achieve the outcome that is being suggested and so forth. I guess those require skills of analysis, skills of judgment, and to some extent, skills of experience. And, you know, without uh, talking to my own book, when I went to Parliament, I was very young. Mm -hmm. I was 32. I left at 52. (laughs) And I'm 65. But I'd done some things things before that. I'd uh, Mm. been, I'd worked as an attorney, so I had some analytic and legal background. I'd lectured in law at Wits University. And so I had a a multiplicity, not a multiplicity, let's say. I'd done two things even at that stage before I got to Parliament. I think part of the problem today, it's not just in South Mm -hmm. Africa, but we see it a lot here, is what Paul Johnson described as a scourge of the 20th century, which is the rise of the professional politician. So that Mm. if you look at uh, the cursory view of the resumes of our current members of the cabinet, very, very few of them, if any of them, have had any job outside of either politics, or the party, in this case the ANC, or the trade union movement. So there's no Mm -hmm. what Dennis Healy in Britain called, all politicians should have a hinterland. The sort of attributes of a good or even competent cabinet minister, analytical ability, judgment, skill, problem-solving ability, doesn't come from a, a lifetime in politics. It comes yeah. from an, a, a background beyond just the party political uh, framework. And unfortunately, okay. very few of our cabinet ministers have that background or framework. One of them who did more recently uh, was Tava, uh, was uh, Tito Mboweni. So he did, mm-hmm. he'd been out in the world. He had a background in economics. He went into mm. parliament. He spent a long time in government. Then he became the governor of the Reserve Bank. Then he went to private business. So, you know, he he could bring another view. He could bring a private sector perspective to the public sector. And there are very few who can do that or have the background to do that. Yeah, definitely. Um, And I I think maybe this ties in well with with the quote of the day that we're going to go into now. Um, It's just that my technology... Is failing me a bit, but we should have it up just now. Um, cool. All right. So our quote of the day comes from Neil, and it reads, Local municipalities as organs of the state are constitutionally bound to provide, to provide services to taxpayers. You have 98% of municipalities that are dysfunctional. Only 20% in the country have achieved a clean audit. Um, Tony, I, I think this 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 um, quote ties in very well with um, what we're talking about. And looking at the fact that we're going to be voting on the 1st of November, um, and people actually need to find out if they, are, if they are local municipalities, if whatever candidate they choose are actually competent and qualified um, to run that municipalities. What do you think about uh, this quote? Oh, I think the... Quote is profoundly true. I I might also say in anticipation of the poll on Monday Mm -hmm. that uh, 
uh, here where I live in the southern suburbs of Cape Town, I've been absolutely staggered by the fact that mm. I've only had minimal contact from one candidate out of about 20 on the ballot Ooh. paper in my ward. And even that candidate hasn't really told me what that candidate plans to do for the residents mm. of the area in which I live. The other 19 who are all seeking a vote in this area haven't even bothered to introduce themselves even by way of a letter or a phone call or an email and God forbid a house visit. You know, when I was oh in representative politics, I promise you everyone in the municipal ward I represent in Johannesburg and later constituency in Joburg knew exactly uh -huh. who I was because I bombarded them with my manifesto, with my yeah. plans, my background. And that's what a yeah. competent uh, political candidate should do. We seem to have very few of those on the horizon here. They sort of expect you to vote for them because the party they represent, which rather begs the question, why should you have an individual representative? Just let the party go ahead and choose who will represent you, which really mm. seems to be the default position. I think there is a difference, though, and I agree completely with that quote, between the political representative, after all, is there really as a conduit between the ward voters and the municipality and presumed the political party, and the technical officials who preside over the administration of the budget. They do take political instruction, but mm -hmm. I think part of the malaise of local government in South Africa isn't just an incapacitated political class, because all the issues we and challenges we described at the national executive level are yeah. magnified in a far worse uh, way at the local level, but because there are often in municipalities huge skills gaps and inadequacies in the municipal administration or management. And that's why you have all these qualified or rejected audits and this complete uh, service chaos at the mm. local level, because officials are not appointed for their administrative competence or on merit, but for reasons of either uh, political loyalty, cadre deployment, and racial yeah. demographics unmatched to any performance requirements. And until and unless that changes, I'm afraid the very sad, almost dystopian picture, which is illustrated by that quote that you put on the screen, is going to persist regardless of yeah. who wins in which area on Monday, the 1st of November. Yeah, definitely. Of which it's kind of depressing for some of us who are very young. Um, because I know. Well, don't like, you, but maybe you're going to public life and make a difference. Uh, well... In a way, it's kind of like, because we're seeing what's happening, and I'm just like, is there use for me to do that? Because I think this was my first time voting, actually, and not even one person in the area that I live in, as you're saying, has actually said, hi, guys, yeah. vote for me. This is what I will do. This is how I will do it. This is what I plan to do. You have absolutely no incentive to go and vote on the 1st of November, absent of a contact or a communication or an incentive from the people who are asking you to vote for them, other than some very notional idea that the party that that person stands for might be mm. one that appeals to you most or repels you least, probably. Is, yeah. Uh, also yeah, true, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. No, it's very dispiriting and dispiriting, but mm -hmm. there it is. It's, uh, you know, for good systems to flourish, you need good people to be in the system. So I would be in the up. system. I, yeah, yeah. I, th I think maybe I should not give up, just that it's, it's going to be a very difficult one as to who I vote for. Um, yeah. Tony, any last thoughts um, before we close the show? Well, I, I, 
You know, I think on the overall question in Bali, I, we do need good people to go into public life uh, because yeah. with, in their absence, we will continue with the same level of mediocritization and dysfunctionality that South Africans experience, unfortunately, as part of their daily lived reality. So, you know, I would appeal through your platform to people to involve themselves. I mean, I, yeah. I spent, uh, although I come from a private sector background and I have been gone back into the private sector, I okay. spent 27 years of my life uh, in politics and in the public sector. And it was more rewarding than it was frustrating. So I, I, yeah. not that my example necessarily means anything beyond my own experience. Yeah. But, but I would commend a career for, for people to actually involve themselves in a country and a community that they want yeah. change in. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, guys, um, this is the end of the show. Joe, um, and as Tony said, go get involved and yeah, change your communities. Uh, Tony, thank you so much for joining us. Um, yeah, thank we really, really appreciate me. it. Yeah, cool, cool. okay, all the best. Hey, bye bye, cool. and Bali. Ciao, cool, bye.